Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is the delightful Jonathan Strickland. Hey, Ariel, I got a question for you. So, Ariel, uh, for the purposes of this question... You have found yourself at the Magic Kingdom Yay. Over, over in Disney World. Yay. You can pick one ride in the entire park and there will be no line for you. And you can ride in your favorite spot on the ride. So if there's a specific area of whatever ride that you're like, oh, I love to be in the front or I love to be in the back or whatever. It's all yours. Which ride do you pick and why? I'm going to say Space Mountain. Because it's the thrill ride. It's like the thrill ride, mm-hmm. you know? It also and then, it also tends to have like the longest line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and I would sit in the in the front. Uh, nice. Where I feel the most like I'm going to hit my head. Yes. Because I always feel like I'm going to hit my head because, you know, I'm five, nine, five, ten. Uh, if if it were a past ride, it would be the Alien Encounters ride that they eventually turned into the Lilo and Stitch 
encounter. Right. Where you all sit in this circular room and then the lights go out and the alien attacks you and it breathes on your neck and the, it tickles you. and The like, extraterrestrial ride. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, it, I hated it. Didn't it. Really, it didn't really fit Disney. That's why I hated it. But I it. loved it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when they I turned mean, it into Stitch, it was better. It was very it was very immersive. Like, you know, they were using all the binaural audio stuff and the, mm-hmm. the 4D kind of effects, you know, which was interesting, but it was so mean spirited, which is mm-hmm. what really bugged me. Like the, the pre-show had a really mean spirited moment with a teleporter mishap, for example. And it was just yeah. something that I felt like, wow, this is not a great fit for this particular park. It, it wasn't. So I understand what it, why it went away, even for the when they changed it to Lilo and Stitch. If it were a future ride, I would probably say the Tron coaster is going to beat out Space yeah. Mountain any day. Yeah. But, uh, but I haven't ridden that because I haven't been to the park where it currently exists. Jonathan, what ride would you? Um, no line. Gosh, you'd think I would have prepared something. <laughs> you, you'd think. Yeah. So so I tell you what my favorite my favorite two rides in the park happened to be Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. Those are my two favorite rides. However, Haunted Mansion, even when there's a line, it goes pretty fast because it swallows up big groups of people all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean, that line can be really long sometimes. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the one I would go with. I, like, I'm tempted to say Space Mountain as well because that's a great ride and I haven't ridden it in ages uh, because my wife does not like roller coasters. But I love roller coasters. Me. Uh, I used to hate them. Now I love them. See, now, if we were both at the park, I would be okay with saying, all right, I'll, I'll use mine to go on Space Mountain. You can ride in front. I'll ride behind. And mm-hmm. let's let's do this. Uh, yeah. That th- I would do it in that case. If I were by myself, Pirates of the Caribbean. Fair enough. Okay. Well, now that we have answered that question, it's time for us to move on to what we like to call the rest of the episode. Which is, it's such a original, original title. I mean, we, we played with a bunch of different segments, but the rest of yes. the episode won out because we were both tired. Yes. OK, so the next segment in the rest of this episode is mm-hmm. going to be some geek news. Yes. Uh, surprise, surprise. And the first piece of geek news is Godzilla versus Kong got its first trailer. Yeah. Uh, and also, spoiler alert, this story and another one in our lineup are going to play into our mashup later on. So that's some foreshadowing. Yeah, I watched yes. this trailer, which was entertaining. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's got a lot. It's very King Kong heavy, which not yes. very surprising for the United States audience. No, and it um it features. So it, the story is that Godzilla has turned against humanity. If you didn't watch Godzilla and then Godzilla King of Monsters, which are the previous two movies, on the Godzilla side of this franchise, Godzilla is kind of an anti-hero. He's he's kind of a good guy. He, she, I'm uncertain on that. It changes depending on the on the story. incarnation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and in this one, King Kong, who is also a, a kind of a good guy, misunderstood. I mean, that's always been the case for King Kong, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's always been a misunderstood good ape just giant yes. uh, ends up fighting Godzilla. And yeah. so 
I'm sad because I like both of them. Right. At first, well, I was so excited. And now I'm like, now that I'm like, one of them's going to have to lose, mm-hmm. I'm just going to cry. I'm sure it's going to be one of those where no one really loses and no one really wins. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be something where Godzilla, you know, lurks off into the ocean and, and King Kong is uh, slowly limping its way back to <laughs> to safety or something. Well, the trailer has a moment where you know, Kong's in chains while Godzilla mm-hmm. is rising up to uh, wreak havoc and Kong is kind of losing his ape mind in the process. My favorite moment in the trailer is where Kong does the action hero leap away from an explosion shot. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and the punch into Godzilla mouth at the same time. Yeah, it's just to me, it was like that whole it, it was that whole trope of you know, the, you see the, you see the explosive coming down at a building. And so you make a run for it and you jump just as the explosion goes off and mm-hmm. it propels you through the air. And to see that with King Kong, I was like, all right, this is listen ridiculous. If he had done that, you say that you think they'll both limp away. If they had done that in the original King Kong movie, he would have survived the Empire State Building. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm I, just saying. Well, and to be fair, both King Kong and Godzilla besides having a history where Godzilla becomes either a he or a she, they both also have a history where one, their size changes depending upon the moment of the movie. Like there, there are sequences in both King Kong films and in Godzilla films where you can't tell how big these things are supposed to be because they do change from scene to scene. Mm -hmm. And two, their capacity to soak up damage changes from movie to movie too. So, uh, but it was, it was interesting. Like, it definitely is spectacle. It's the kind of movie that immediately made me think, yeah, this is coming to HBO Max, but it definitely feels like the kind of movie that would benefit the most in seeing it on the big screen. I agree. I hope that once theaters open back up that they re-release some of these more spectacular movies uh, for people to watch in a larger scale. That being said, we are going to get it earlier than expected. Instead of coming out in May, we're going to get it in March. Yep. So yay. So that's that's something to look forward to. Something else to look forward to is that we now know that all five seasons of the original Muppet Show are coming to Disney Plus. Yes, and two of those seasons have never been released on home entertainment before. Yeah, seasons seasons four and five. Yeah, one through three were released on DVD, and mm-hmm. season four was planned to release on DVD. They had even had a, a show of the box art at a D twenty three event in the past. It just never happened. Uh, There are still some questions. There's a lot of speculation going on. The big one being, will this version have all the sequences that were shot for the Muppet show Uh, for two reasons? One is that in the UK, there was typically one extra segment per episode because they had not as many uh, minutes of commercial to account for. So mm-hmm. since they had fewer commercials, they had an extra segment in the UK version of the Muppets stuff that we here in the United States never got to see. And number two, in the past, one of the things that has held up some of those sequences is that the Muppets would do music numbers. And often it was, you know, very popular music of the time, that being the late seventies, early eighties. And that meant that music licensing rights were a, a complication So the DVD releases left out some of those music numbers because of that. And there's a question about whether or not those will be restored 
for the Disney Plus version, or if we're going to get the same kind of chopped up episodes due to those music licensing issues. Yeah. Another question is uh, if we're going to get all of the Muppet movies on Disney Plus, because Sony still owns a couple of them, right? Yes. Sony still, uh, I think it's Muppets uh, from Space might be one of the two. There's a couple. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a, there are a couple of movies that Disney does not own the rights to. When Disney purchased the uh, intellectual property from the Henson company, it was in bits and pieces. It wasn't everything. And as a result, it has been very difficult to create a library of Henson material because Disney didn't own all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, that being said, Muppets in Space, not my favorite. It should be my favorite Muppet movie, and it's totally not. I have never watched it because it's a it's a, a film that explains the origins of Gonzo, and I maintain that Gonzo, very much like another person we'll be chatting about later in this episode, does not need his origin explained. (laughs) Fair enough. That's more foreshadowing for the rest of the show. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Okay, well, on to our next news item, which is uh, really good news. uh, And that is that AMC is not going into bankruptcy, at least for now. Yep. Uh, They suspect to be able to make it through this crunch of yeah, trying at, to get everybody vaccinated from COVID. at least at least till the end of or deep into 2021 as i think how mm-hmm. they said it yeah they raised something like more than 900 million dollars in an effort to you know consolidate debt and cover that sort of stuff so that they would not have to go into bankruptcy so nearly a billion dollars uh which is that is good news hopefully that means that the theater chain will be able to wait it out as we're we're trying to get these vaccines rolled out and to get to a point where they can open up again. Some other things we'll be waiting for. Uh, We have a trio of stories that are all spinoff sequels or prequels that we thought we would cover. And uh, also this Mm -hmm. will tie into our next segment. That's even more. This is, I am shadowing so many fours. Listen, you are really every, almost every story kind of falls into what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. That we've so, talked about. One of those stories is that Warner Brothers is talking about developing a series for HBO Max set in the universe of Harry Potter. That's about that, all we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's it's hugely profitable mm-hmm. to this day, even though we haven't had Harry a new Harry. Well, I guess all of the Fantastic Beast movies are new Harry Potter movies, but yeah. I don't count them. Neither do I. They're terrible. <laughs> They're um, almost unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah. So like there aren't any writers or talent actually set yet. They're just exploring the idea. Yeah. So we assume this would be something like a series maybe set at Hogwarts. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that does seem like, you know, a pretty sure bet. It's the same reason why they decided to make Deathly Hallows two movies. It wasn't that they felt they couldn't tell the story in one movie. It was that they thought this is literally the last book in the series. We will not be making another one after this. Let's milk it. Next, we have a story that Ariel says she's got opinions about. I do. So The Witcher is getting a prequel, Blood Origins. We knew that. They finally announced one of their cast members who is Jodie Turner-Smith. And she is playing a character, Ailey? <laughs> I would I would call it a proto-witcher, sort of like how 
in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy eventually meets the first Slayer. This is mm-hmm. kind of like the the character that sort of is a a precursor to the Witcher type mm-hmm. of of uh, of occupation. So I am really excited to see what Jodie Turner Smith does with the property. She has done other science fiction stories before. She was in George R. R. Martin's adaptation of Night Flyers, for instance, but. I was really hoping for a second season of Witcher as someone who hasn't played the games and was incredibly lost in the first season storyline. I don't want to go to a prequel and get even more confused while I'm still trying to figure out the original storyline. I don't think it's going to help. And our last one in this trio of spinoffs and prequels would be the prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory a film that we had heard about rumored. It was rumored to be in development for a while. And now we know that the writer and the director for the Paddington films, uh, they're both attached to this. So apparently we're going to get a Willy Wonka origin story, which is somewhat challenging as Tim Burton tried to do that in the last adaptation of Charlie chocolate, Charlie and the chocolate factory. And it was terrible. Yeah, You you kind of have to go away from what, the source material does tell us about Willy Wonka. Also, uh, Willy Wonka's other stories that Roald Dahl tried to write also didn't do that well. Yeah, like no, his- yeah, they never really. Well, one was the glass elevator, Charlie and the glass mm-hmm. elevator. And that one didn't really capture imaginations. And the third one, Charlie, uh, was the Charlie in the White House, I believe is what it was. That one only got one chapter in before Roald Dahl himself gave up on it. So yeah. it, it didn't even get finished. Yeah, the the, and you know if you go back to like how Willy Wonka got the Oompa Loompas, that's not a good story to tell. Yeah, um, so so for me, like <laughs> Wonka, like Gonzo, is a character who does not need their backstory explained. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, having put on Paddington Two out of a moment of boredom and nothing else being on television, and then watching the entire movie that I thought I was going to watch for five minutes because it was so awesome. If anybody can do it, it's that team. Yeah. So we will have to keep an eye out. It's very possible that they'll make a good, just largely unnecessary movie. Now that kind of leads us into what we're going to talk about in our next segment, where we're going to have a discussion about when is more too much. Like when is it bad to get more of a good thing? But we will talk about that after we take this break. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., 
That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. So we wanted to talk about this, this trend where we get more entries into a franchise, kind of similar to like Deathly Hallows getting split into two movies or The Hobbit being split into three movies. Three. Yeah, that kind of thing where some rights holder, whether it's a movie studio, television studio, or an author, it could be an author, has gotten into their heads that they need to produce more of something that was really popular because it's almost a license to print money. And often that ends up being uh, an unsatisfying experience for fans. Um, Mm -hmm. it could, at best it might be, eh, that wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. And at worst it might be, you have ruined everything I loved and held dear. (laughs) So for example, one franchise that I think 
fits into this mold is Highlander. Uh, I think the first film is interesting. It has some stuff in it that I really love. I love the soundtrack. Queen did an amazing job. The concept is bonkers and I love it, but it's Mm -hmm. the type of film that has a pretty definitive ending. And so when there was a decision to make more films in the franchise, they had to sort of retcon the ending of the first film for there to be any more sequels. Otherwise it just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. And it still doesn't make sense. And those sequels are to varying degrees, terrible to the worst thing ever. Um, There are no good Highlander sequels as far as I am concerned. And even the original Highlander movie, as much as I enjoy it, is far from a perfect film. But -hmm. that's a great example of more not necessarily being better. There was always this hope that the next Highlander movie was somehow going to fix the previous Highlander movies. It just Mm -hmm. never seemed to happen. Yeah, you know, I feel that way about a lot of prequels, too. For instance, Maleficent. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't need an origin story for the bad guy. I didn't need her to be a sympathetic character even. I understand that people like it. And if that's your jam, more power to you. But to me, it just didn't add anything to the story mm-hmm. at all. And if and again, it feels sort of like Disney cashing in on mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty because it, it, this is kind of related to Disney's habit of taking their animated films and making live action versions because rather than try and come up with new IP, they're relying on the love and affection people have for the stuff that they've already done. So why don't we do that again kind of thing? Yeah. Um, Star Wars, I think, falls into this category, too, at least for some people. For me, definitely. Like both the prequels and the sequels fall into this category for me. The original trilogy is pretty good. Uh, Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi is probably the weakest of the three, but it's a pretty good trilogy. But the prequels and the sequels don't do much for me at all. You know, I would agree. There were things I liked about the prequels, listening to my friends who have children talk about introducing their kids to Star Wars. And even though there's some really dry, dry political material in there, yeah, <laughs> like the kids like it. So, you know, for like it was great to put that in place for people now who are introducing their kids to Star Wars. Yes. That being said, not my favorite trilogy of the bunch. This last trilogy, there were things that I liked about the movies. Uh, honestly, Rian Johnson's was my favorite, even though there are certain things in his episode. I'm also like, why? Why Why did you give us Luke milking a walrus elephant creature? But it's that I blue digress. milk, man. It's that blue it's, milk. You, once uh, you have a taste. It was green, but still, uh, I, I digress, though. Like, I feel like it suffered from the definitive decision to make each set of those a trilogy, as opposed to, ooh, I have a story that I think would be great in the Star Wars universe. Let me make that alone. So Rogue One, I think, was a fantastic story. No. Oh, OK, well, we disagree on that, but I won't go, <laughs> I won't use this time to go off on that. <laughs> Uh, But I will say that I think a big part of this issue just stood from the fact that in the first Star Wars film, Obi-Wan makes a vague reference to the Clone Wars and to Luke's father. And that was enough to have people have their imaginations go wild about how that must have played out. Like, what are the Clone Wars? What does that mean? How did Obi-Wan serve 
Princess Leia's father during the Clone Wars. What is that? What is this? How, and everyone just came up with different theories about how that was going to play out. And once you get to that point, you're also in danger of the fact that you're never going to be able to create something that's going to measure up to someone's expectations or imagination. It's just impossible. Yeah. Um, so that that's a big issue too. see to me, I, the, the, the sequels that, that I tend to like a lot are ones where it, it, it's the same characters, but it's not necessarily a continuation of the original story. So for example, we know speaking about Rian Johnson, we know about uh, Knives Out is going to get a sequel. Mm -hmm. And you know that Knives Out sequel is going to be a new mystery with the detective. It's not going to be a continuation of the story from the first film. And I can't wait to see that. Honestly, uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok kind of skirted around the continue. Like we had Thor, which I really enjoyed the first Thor. And Mm -hmm. then we had the second Thor movie, which. Yeah. Dark Elves on Parade. Look, it had Christopher Eccleston, so I had to like it a little bit, but but it was not great. I will admit it was not great. And then they turned it around for the third, largely by just making it so making it its own thing. Yeah. You know, well, and, and that's another like that's a, a another interesting challenge, though. Right. Because each of those movies in all of those different franchises are themselves part of an even bigger franchise, that of the Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe. So then you've got multiple you know, multiple people to to satisfy. You have the fans of the actual hero. You have the fans of the overall cinematic universe and trying to tell stories that continue not just the individual storyline, but then feed back into this bigger overarching storyline. I I can't imagine how difficult it is to keep all those plates from falling off. You know, you have to keep them spinning. But yeah, yeah, I think there's this tendency to go toward prequels and sequels because of the idea that you've already got a built-in audience there. So therefore, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're banking on a good box office from the get-go that is to the detriment of good storytelling. Like we can get good stories from that. It, they do happen. I'm, I'm hoping the new Ghost, Ghostbusters movie is a good sequel. I, I, I hope so. I, I'm, I'm not super hoping. optimistic, but I'm hoping. Listen, I'm hoping. I didn't say I expected it to be. Usually I can do about one sequel before I feel like it's a cash grab in the same storyline before they have to go to different storylines. That being said, you know, MCU, like you said, Spinning Plates does good good at it. I, you know, the third Thor was great. The third Iron Man was passable. The... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm hoping the third Spider-Man is fantastic. The third Captain America was good, but not as good as the second Captain America, which was way better way than the better first than the Captain first. America. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, first Captain America was. Well, first Captain America has the same problems that all the Marvel origin stories have. So, but that's a story. That's a that's a conversation for a different time. It, at least they're starting with the prequel, so it's the beginning of the story and right. not going back. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to get a, a movie filling in what happened uh, in the interim years for Captain America cuz he's just a block of ice. So, it would be <laughs> nothing happening. <laughs> Maybe see like a little like penguin walk by occasionally. That would be about it. You know, I I wouldn't watch that movie, but I would use it as a screensaver. Yeah, it can be like the Captain America penguin (laughs) webcam. (laughs) You just have that up in a window. 
<laughs> if you're listening, MCU, I want this. Well, uh, you know, that sounds like a great mashup, but we have our own mashup to cover in just a second. And yes, both factors of the mashup have been part of our conversation in our news segment. So I hope you're ready to hear some monstrous fun stuff as we move right along into this next break. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's p a c a s o.com. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Hey, Ariel. Hey, Jonathan. Would you like to tell the good people about the terrible thing that you're going to make us do now? Listen, you can't judge. You made us do uh, that Gotham uh, Gotham Universe meets VeggieTale Universe last week, okay? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was pretty bad, and I am not ashamed. So this week, uh, we are taking the Muppet Universe mm-hmm. and mixing it with the Godzilla Universe. Yep. I'm very excited about it. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Um, why mess with tradition? I'll go first. Okay. So my mashup is a mashup of the original Muppet movie uh, mixed with Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is the 1956 version, not the 19, 2019 version, because I still haven't been able to catch that one all the way through. I'm going to interrupt um, you already, Ariel, because I'm so excited. I have a feeling we have the same joke. Go for it. Oh, no. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So (laughs) this is called The Muppet Muto. Beloved comedian Steve Martin sits in a hospital, bandaged up, broken banjo, telling reporters of the chaos he witnessed firsthand and how he saved L.A. and the world from a fearsome felt uprising. You see, it all started started with the scientist, Dr. Hopper, who is evil mad on his quest to get the largest frog legs ever for his true passion, a French fried frog leg restaurant. All of his previous genetic engineering feats had failed him, and catching frogs is hard and tedious. So after weeks of scouring the Okefenokee Swamp, he was about to give up when he met Kermit the Frog singing in the swamp, which is weird. One, it's a felt frog. Two, he's singing. But he thinks... Surely Kermit has frog friends. So he talks Kermit into bringing a bunch of his froggy friends to L.A. to start the Swamp and Friends show. Uh, The address he really gives Kermit is to his secret lab. His plan being to catch all the frogs that Kermit brings in the lab, expose them to radiation in a controlled environment and blow them up to get giant frog legs. However, Kermit being a Muppet ends up not just bringing his swampy frog friends, but a bunch of other Muppets he meets along the way. In fact, He makes so many new friends that he sends all his froggy friends back home, thinking the Muppets will make a better team to entertain the world with. Also along the way, they meet Steve Martin, the comedian, yes, uh, who is on a bluegrass tour, who thinks that they are absolutely darling and encourages them on the endeavor. He says, look me up once you get to L.A. So the Muppets, they get to L.A. and they send Steve Martin a note saying, we made it, come watch our audition at so-and-so address. And they enter the theater, which is really the lab to Dr. Hopper. Uh, Dr. Hopper only sees Kermit entering the building, missing all of the other Muppets, and he locks the doors and starts up the radiation mechanism, not realizing that all the other creatures who entered are not frogs. However, as that radiation starts upticking, one of Gonzo's rogue chickens bumps into the wrong button and the radiation goes off the charts 
And the next thing you know, out of this collapsing building emerges Kermzilla breathing rainbow fires, Rolf Dan firing musical shockwaves, Gonzra, who is merged with his chickens, becoming winged and causing major wind gusts, Mecha Piggy, who pierces eardrums with her high-pitched whining roar, and Fazuki, who is ridiculous and finds mayhem the funniest joke of all. They start rampaging, fumbling all over L.A., wreaking havoc, and Steve Martin, who is just heading to out to watch their audition, sees it all. Martin knows that they think they are doing good for humanity and must still think so at their giant size. He also knows that music soothes as a savage beast. And so he starts playing the Rainbow Connection on his banjo, luring Kermit and the other Muppets to the La Brea Tar Pits, the closest <laughs> thing he can think of to match the swamps back at Kermit's home. His goal is to just stick the Muppets in the Tar Pits until he can figure out how to change them back to regular size. But Giant Felt uh, soaks up tar really well, and the Muppets start sinking to the bottom of the pits. We flash back to Mr. Martin in his hospital room with all the reporters around him as a single tear rolls down his cheek and he finishes his story. The reporters leave, and all of a sudden, Martin hears in the distance the brief, otherworldly humming of never before, never again, never before, (laughs) never again. Cut to black. Wow, yours got grim. You killed all the Muppets. They're going to listen. You heard the ominous singing. They're going to come back. Godzilla always comes back. Well, well, I can now say that I thought you were going to go the same direction I went in and you did not. So I have got a different take. Mine is called The Muppets Take Godzilla. And our movie begins with a flashback. It's the climax of the original The Muppet Movie, in which Doc Hopper, the restaurant mogul who wants Kermit as his spokesfrog for his chain of Frog's Legs restaurants, is closing in. Animal consumes some growth formula made by Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and grows to a massive size, scaring off all the bad guys and saving the day. We have a swimmy dissolve. We're now in the present day. An animal is back to his usual animal size. The Muppets are on a cargo ship, captained by Tom Hanks, and they are bound for Tokyo Bay. As Hanks pilots the ship, he hears that they are being pursued by pirates. How can the same thing happen to the same guy twice, he says. And someone says, is that is that Bruce Willis's line? The pirates close in and are ready to board. And that's when the Muppets see that the pirates are led by Tim Curry and the entire crew are from Muppet Treasure Island. Kermit helpfully explains to Mr. Curry that they're in the wrong movie. Curry, or Long John to his friends, apologizes. He is a gentleman of fortune after all, and the pirates sail off peacefully, singing. What a nice man, says Fozzie. Hanks maneuvers the ship toward Tokyo Bay, but chaos is breaking out on deck. Miss Piggy is practicing her Japanese, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem are playing Turning Japanese by the Vapors, and Lou Zealand is hurling his boomerang fish as he practices his idea for a super fresh sushi delivery service. One such fish whacks Tom Hanks in the head and he veers off course. The ship carrying the Muppets accidentally nudges another ship carrying barrels labeled Super Nuclear Toxic Fish Food. A barrel falls off the ship and sinks into the ocean, which bubbles a lot. The Muppets disembark and start to debate what they should do first, with everyone seeming to have a different idea of what they should do. Kermit wants to head to the countryside and see the cherry blossoms. Piggy wants to check out the fashion district. 
Scooter really just wants to look at electronics stores. Fozzie wants to try out some new material. As they bicker, the sea behind them is roiling, and the spiky back of a certain enormous lizard monster rises up. Godzilla stands tall, his slash her shadow covering the Muppets <laughs> as they continue to argue amongst themselves. Meanwhile, the people of Tokyo sort of roll their eyes and go indoors, shutting themselves in as if to say, well, here we go again. The traffic stops and the streets are emptied, but it's only when Godzilla lets out that monstrous scream that the Muppets all freeze and turn around in unison. After a beat of silence, all the Muppets go into full-on freakout mode. Godzilla starts to make his her way to the shoreline, approaching Tokyo, which seems almost resigned to what's about to happen. Kermit sees that Godzilla is heading directly toward Tokyo Disney Sea, the theme park. <laughs> Guys, Kermit yells, we gotta do something or the boss is gonna be awful mad. The Muppets all look and it's clear they are all processing how Mickey is gonna be miffed if Godzilla crushes that theme park. They spring into action. What follows is a series of attempts to distract Godzilla. Fozzie, <laughs> Fozzie tries out his material, but Godzilla agrees with Statler and Waldorf that it's fishy. Honeydew and Beaker try to distract Godzilla with their own Mecha Muppet Godzilla. But while Godzilla first seems interested, a malfunctioning remote control in Beaker's hands leads to the robot's premature destruction, and so on. Until Animal, convinced he can take on Godzilla, issues out his own roar of a challenge. Godzilla seems either amused or confused and is just about to squish Animal when Beaker, zapped by that remote control, accidentally tosses the last remaining vial of the growth formula, forgotten in his own lab coat. It flies through the air and hits Animal directly, and then Animal grows to the size of Godzilla. What follows is essentially the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong, complete with Animal doing an action movie jump away from an explosion. <laughs> But in the middle of their struggle, Animal and Godzilla find out they aren't so different after all. And Kermit, teeny tiny Kermit, points this out with a lovely, earnest speech, which gets to Godzilla. And instead of fighting, they all become friends. We end the movie with a montage of the Muppets touring Japan, Godzilla in tow. We see them at Disneyland, in downtown Tokyo, touring the countryside, on top of Mount Fiji, and in the very end, we learn Godzilla has joined the Electric Mayhem as a backup singer and dancer. The end. I would so watch that. <laughs> I feel like I did in my head as you were saying it, but I would watch that on the big screen as well. Yeah, the, the first thing that came to me was that scene in the Muppet movie where Animal grows to an enormous size. And that's why when you mentioned the Muppet movie, I thought, uh oh, I have a feeling we're going to have the same story. <laughs> oh, no, really. Uh, I just wanted to pick a movie that I was familiar with. And that one was the first one. Yeah. Also, uh, I picked Godzilla King of Monsters, the, the version that I did specifically because there it starts with an injured American reporter named Steve Martin. Nice. Uh, I so. like that. Uh, I like that. We also had references to other stuff. Uh, I couldn't mm -hmm. resist having the reference to Muppet Treasure Island, which I, I maintain oh. is probably the best of the Muppet films that came out uh, in that era. Agree. I agree. In fact, I want to go and watch that right now. So I'm going to end this episode with you, Jonathan. That sounds good, Ariel. If people would like to reach out and, and send us their thoughts, their own mashups, maybe suggestions for things we can talk about in future episodes, how would they do such a thing? 
Well, they can email us at lnc and iheartmedia.com or they can reach out to us on social media at on Twitter. We are LNC underscore podcast and on Facebook and Instagram. We're Large Nerdron Collider. You can also go to our website and leave us a note there. That's where we put all of our episodes and show notes. Yep. And thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Remember, if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. Tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth helps a lot. We really enjoy doing this. We can't wait to hear from you guys. And until next time, she has been Ariel Kasten. And he has been Jonathan Mecca Strickland. Ah! The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.